borscht bez smetane jak pocilunke bez jazyku, which means borscht without sour cream is like kissing without tongue. Our moms have a mutual cousin, Carol. Our babas have a mutual friend, Pearl. And we have a mutual love, Ukrainian dance and culture. I'm Hannah. I'm Caitlin. And this is Psi, the Ukrainian dance and culture podcast. We'd like to dedicate this episode to the late Pansadhi Stupak. If you had the chance to meet him, you know he had such a contagious and positive energy and such a love for Ukrainian dance that he was so proud to share with others. So we have come full circle. Well, not really a circle. It's more of a line um, because we haven't made it back to Ukraine yet, but we're, we will be sure to record an episode when we do get there. Um, so we have already talked about three of the cities we lived and danced in. We talked about Kiev, Lviv, Chernivtsi, and today we're going to talk about Lutsk and Poltava. Those are the last two cities we lived and danced in. So we were trying to think of some ideas of how to um, tie these cities together, like how in our other episode when we did a couple cities, we did um, lessons learned from those dance groups. So today... As you all know, we love our metaphors and analogies, and this whole episode is definitely a good representation of that. So we are going to relate Ukrainian dance to borscht and how the different steps to create borscht is uh, just like the different steps that um, dancers have to take to uh, what, what they do in Ukrainian dance and we will break that down for you if you are a little lost on that right now. Yeah, you might be a little confused, like how are you going to tie Ukrainian dance into borscht, but if anyone, if any people can do it, it's Caitlin and I. Caitlin and me. Me and Caitlin. <laughs> Hannah and Caitlin. <laughs> okay, well actually before we even tie on our apron, we need to plant the garden. So let's get our hands dirty here. Borscht is all about the veg, the veggies. And uh, if anyone has a garden at home, you definitely know that everything tastes better when it comes from your garden. It's probably the extra love that you put into it. Um, So we're just going to go ahead and say that all the vegetables we're talking about come from our garden. And so this episode's actually about cooking borscht. (laughs) Okay, so we're starting off in the garden. So the first step is about growing your vegetables, just like, um, and so we're going to relate this to ballet and warm up at Ukrainian dance rehearsal. In Lutsk, I kind of, it's almost like you had this big, giant, um, beautiful garden and you just could not wait to fill it up with all your vegetables and then it comes time for the season and it was like raining every day and you your seeds kept getting flooded away or maybe it was the opposite and just super dry weather. Um, so some kind of non-ideal gardening weather, but you have this beautiful space to do it in. Okay, and this is not to say that 
dancing with Lutz was unideal. It was totally ideal. What I mean to say is that ballet and warm-up was tough with the Lutzk ensemble. Um, we, the dancers or the Canadian dancers, we had experience with ballet, but for me, only a couple years. Um, Natalia was pretty well-versed in ballet, but um, yes, the type, the level of ballet that we did in Lutsk and the um, particular details was just like none other that I had done before. And so also, and so I had said how it's like having this big, giant, beautiful garden. We had this most beautiful space to dance in. It had these giant, big windows at the front and it was a really inspiring place to be. And um yeah, and so it kind of inspired us to keep working out on it and like dedicating all this time and patience to it. And um, you know what? We pushed through and I think I think we started to improve a lot. Actually, this is the city where we really started to improve. Yeah, I agree. About time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, three months in. No, yeah. That was already our fourth month. Fourth? No. Sixth? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> It was our fourth city, but it was already our one, two, three, four, five, six. I still don't know when I just counted on my hands. It doesn't matter. We started dancing in Ukraine in September and Lutsk was in March. So that's how many months later. You do the that's math. That's already after. Yeah, you do the math. I'm a gardener, not a mathematician. Um, yes. And it felt, I mean, we did know that we were improving all along, but it sort of felt like in Lutsk was actually when we started seeing it. Um, not definitely not the first day, but when uh, sometimes we would take videos of ourselves doing different combinations or practicing different steps and when we look back or when we would look at them, um, I mean, we still had a lot of corrections for ourselves, but there was part of ourselves that could see that we were improving, especially like Caitlin said, ballet. That's also not my forte. I mean, I took like some classes, but anything I really know from ballet is from Ukrainian dance. So, um, being in a space where it was like highly focused on and the dancers took it very seriously as well, which makes, it makes you feel different because when the people around you are taking it seriously and working very hard at it, even though they're so great at it already, but they're continuing to push themselves, it made us want to push ourselves even harder as well. Um, so much so that we made a point of coming to the studio early, basically every day. I don't, remember very many days where we weren't there early just so that we could go through the different ballet combinations um the different bar exercises so that when it actually came time to do it in uh, a warm-up we could (laughs) keep up and not just think about um the series of steps the series of different movements but we could actually focus on getting better so actually focus on like holding our muscles properly engaging our core using our feet properly like getting a true warm-up rather than just like flubbing through the steps so I think that was a, a huge push for all of us and 
since um, we had new bar exercises every couple of weeks, so it's not like we knew that we'd have an entire two months to really master one exercise. Um, yeah, two or, or a little bit longer than that week, so we would have a new exercise. And also, I liked this too that we did to really keep um, our brains working. Um, so Roman led our warm-up. He is the son of the artistic director, uh, Valery Smirnov. So Roman would lead warm-up, and sometimes he would even have us do a... So instead of starting with our right foot first, we do the exact same exercises, but start with our left foot first. And such a minor little detail, but something that, like that just... Clearly, little little tips and tricks like that are working for them because they were so on top of all of their dance steps, all of their technique. Um, yeah, I liked that little one little tiny change, and I think that that's a really cool little mm. hack. <laughs> yes, and um, also, this is the place where we learned some nice ballet combinations, which we worked very, very hard at and still looked pretty awful doing them, uh, I mean, in our eyes. Um, but the company and ensemble oh by the way let's just backtrack here a second we keep talking about Lutsk but this one's not as obvious because Lutsk is not named the same as the ensemble Lutsk is the Volyn region of Ukraine and so we were dancing with the Volyn state ensemble the choir and dance group so there it is okay so now you got that in your head um uh, but yeah, the uh, dancers were very, very helpful and they would come to the side with us if we wanted to go through some of the ballet warm-ups. Um, they would even like let us take videos of them, which they were sometimes shy of, but it was so helpful for us because we could go home and learn them and come back knowing them. Um, and that's where we learned how to brise and dessous, de dessous, brise, brise the day away. And did we and ever? Not, yeah, that's not an easy movement for us. <laughs> um, so I'm not exactly sure the exact amount of time we spent doing just ballet, but I know um, ballet and technique would take about 45 minutes to one hour. Uh, so this is like the jump combinations and across the floor spins and everything as well. And then we would have a break, um, though also during this break, of course, what did we do? We worked on the steps that we were unable to do. Um, and lots of the times, again, some of the dancers would take time out of their own breaks just to help us. And so this leads us to technique, which we see, it's technique and center, which we kind of see of the chopping and the cutting and the shaping of the vegetables. And... Um, like some people shred their veggies or some people maybe dice them for borscht just like how um you have to shape your dancers to look to adapt to the style you want them to look so when i think of of um how we chopped our veggies or shaped ourselves in uh, lutsk this image of a dull knife comes to mind maybe this is because i have very dull knives and I'm like just getting the hang of how to use them and so they're it's not unusable to use these dull knives to chop all your veggies um, but it really is difficult and so um, 
again, like this technique stuff that we did with the center and the jumps, um, and adapting to the style of the Volin dancers after changing just from Chednyftsi before that. Um, it, it is difficult work and it takes a lot of time and you get really frustrated when you don't look the same as them. Um, you don't get the steps the same as them as quickly. Um, but, and you get frustrated with your dull knife, knife. But um, eventually you do, you just keep at it and you might even um, start to get used to the knife in your hand to use it and you know which angle to use it at and everything. Um, yeah, that's, that's uh, my connection that I see from to chopping the veggies in Lutzk here. So basically, Caitlin, the picture you've painted for everyone listening is that um, our garden is in a drought or in a flood and our knives are dull. So we're really painting Lutzk as like the ideal picture here. Uh, but I totally agree with the chopping the veggies. It was it was hard. And we said that basically with every place we went, it was difficult to get into the groove of things just when you feel like you're getting the hang from the last ensemble and kind of feeling um, their style, getting a feel for their style. We had to move on, uh, pack up your suitcases, get in the van and drive to the next place. And then you get there and you kind of you're not starting fresh because you want to bring in all of your all of the things you've learned but you're definitely you have to walk in with an open mind and be ready to basically be like a sponge just take it all in and try and adapt to the way that they are dancing um and coming from Chernivtsi Chernivtsi is the Buko region of Ukraine Bukovina and their dancing is it's um very straight up and a lot of stamping and a lot of rhythms, um, which Volin also had. But Volin, there is a lot more movement in our bo- uh, in our upper body, using our body in a different way. So there's a huge contrast between those two regions, those two cities. Uh, and that probably made it actually more difficult than um, maybe if we had two other cities back to back. But a good challenge and also really nice to see the contrast between uh, two... D- regional dances I guess there's always interesting things about the ensembles or interesting things that we learned in Ukraine about (laughs) Ukrainian people in general Um, but for example when we would be in the studio before rehearsal uh, before ballet started in Lutsk everyone was always so concerned that our feet were cold because uh, it was not like warm enough in the studio. Oh, that was a very also interesting thing. A very also interesting thing. Um, (laughs) The costume director would come into the studio every morning before the dancers got in and checked the temperature of the studio to make sure that it was the right temperature for them to get going. So she always made sure it was warm in there for them. And then the dancers would always come in their little booties before and they would even do ballet in their um little slippers like warm slippers before um taking them off and their feet were nice and warm but they were always concerned about our feet it's like uh, like aren't your feet cold really like, no no we're fine and they were also always concerned that we wouldn't take breaks and it's not I mean like we were working hard but not to the extent where we were like pushing ourselves so hard that something bad was gonna happen well, I guess something bad did happen, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but 
when the dancers would go back to the change room and we would stay in between um, ballet technique and going into choreography, we would continue working on things. And they, they would always say like, oh, you guys have to take a break. Like, sit down, put your feet up. You need to take a break. You need to take a break. And honestly, I always just felt like, I don't have time to take a break. Like I have a year in Ukraine to learn with these dance groups. Even if I'm tired, like I, I felt the pressure to not lose that time and to spend it. Cause I knew we all, we knew we would never get that time back. And I still think about it. I'm glad I, I'm glad I spent it not putting my feet up. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough time for that now. So somehow your intuition knew And so, our veggies are grown, our veggies are chopped. Okay, so now you are ready to put on your apron. Well, I guess you would have put your apron on when you're chopping veggies, but okay. So now we're at the cooking stage here. So kind of when, so okay, cooking, the flavors are all melding together. um, Just like um, the dance ensembles, you're maybe you're learning combinations separately but now you're all together in rehearsal or uh, the orchestra is joining you for for full rehearsals as well Um, we were lucky enough to see quite a few full rehearsals with the orchestra and choir oh my gosh I just I just imagined it and I just had this feeling come over me of just imagining that feeling of what that was like to be in front of these people who you you recognize their voices from the albums, um, from the Volin Choir albums. And yes, wow, that was amazing. And so, yes. The first so time we saw them perform, uh, I just remember they were preparing for a concert the very first week we were there. And so um, I guess that very first week, we were a little bit like removed because they were working hard to prepare um but we got to see a lot of their uh rehearsals with like the full orchestra uh, the choir and the dancers all together so everyone was coming into the hall and we were sitting at the front and i remember like we were we just kept looking at each other basically with like literally our mouths open and being like oh my gosh like can you believe we're here right now can you believe you're listening to the choir sing and it's almost like you're playing that volin ensemble soundtrack that you've heard at every competition every dance rehearsal every time someone does volin you hear them and they're literally in front of you singing and it sounds like the same but 90,000 times more powerful and it, it was just yeah like Caitlin said like the emotions that come over you it's pretty powerful um there is just like something bigger in that room that makes you feel even though you have no idea who they are like personally you still feel connected to them in some way and like you've known them your whole life really actually on the topic of performances and feelings coming over you, would you like to tell the story about, um, you probably know what I'm talking about here, what I'm referencing. Would you like to share that story? Yeah. Yeah, I would like to share that story. <laughs> uh, em- embarrassing in the moment, but a good story afterwards. So it, I'm actually, it was the first week we were there, just like I was talking about. We were watching, I actually think it might have been the, the very first rehearsal that we saw. Uh, I, I, I'll i have to read back in my journal, but I'm fairly certain it's the first day we were there. And we were sitting at the front in awe of everything that was happening. 
and we were kind of like sitting with our bums on the ledge of the window and so we weren't actually sitting we were like leaning and um we're watching everything happen I still remember the song that the two soloists were singing and (laughs) I started not feeling well um and I turned to Caitlin Crook my roommate and I said like Caitlin I'm not feeling so good and she's like are you okay and then everything went blurry and I think I keeled forward (laughs) I fainted (laughs) um Caitlin Vitt who caught my bun (laughs) who grabbed the back of my head (laughs) someone (laughs) to prevent me from falling to the ground someone grabbed my bun on my head so I wouldn't fall to the ground and then I don't know I was was maybe out for like 20 seconds or, or less I don't know then I remember waking up and like literally everyone was around me um like all the dancers were like standing there and like the choir members were all around me and um the orchestra director was like trying to like untie my skirt and was like lifting up my sweater because oh gosh it was just it was something and then uh, everyone was very concerned about me but I don't I really don't know what why it happened and to make sure that your like circulation wasn't cut off right that's why they were lifting up or trying to loosen your skirt or something or so you (laughs) could breathe yeah yeah Uh, I still don't know why I fainted I was just like overcome by emotion I guess and like no also I guess everyone was thinking the windows were behind me so like the back of my body was cold and then the front was warm from still like warming up so maybe something to do with my circulation or the way I was sitting I'm not sure anyway long story short I fainted on the first day we were in Lutsk and it's a story to tell and then after that they um fed me cookies and gave me some tea and and all was good and then for the rest of the time I think I was known as the girl who fainted because people would always like give me like a sympathetic look and it's like no I'm fine <laughs> like really I've never fainted in my life this is the first time I've ever fainted I promise I'm fine yeah so that was that was an interesting time I still have like a little bit I get a little bit of anxiety every time I hear that song that I fainted to it's a slow Ukrainian song oh, and every sure. time I'd hear it what in the um in their concerts I'd be like oh my gosh this is a song I fainted to and then all of the memories would rush back of everyone staring at me and being worried about me that's the worst part I don't like when people are worried about me I'm fine I'm fine and I texted my parents that day I'm like so I fainted today and I think I left my phone somewhere after I sent that text so I didn't really like give them context so they were pretty worried but (laughs) all is fine all is well (laughs) All right. So, yes. Yeah, so one of the that was um a orchestra rehearsal, the fainting one. So that that's what they would do in preparation for performances. So that does lead us to performances which it's kind of like the garnish on your borscht, so maybe some sour cream, some uh, dill, whatever else you like to add to it. And that's that's what we see um where we relate the performance part to. We got to see a number of shows uh both in town in Lutsk or in the city and also out of town as well which was really nice to get to see um some of the countryside and other other towns in the Volin region 
Yeah, so one of the very cool things of being in Lutsk and being with the Moulin Ensemble is that they invited us to go with them on a little road trip. And when I mean road trip, it was like just a couple hours to a, a city, a small city. And, um, but it was really nice to be able to be invited onto the bus with them. And the bus said, like, Volinsky Narodni Hor. So, like, we felt like we were a part of the Volin the state ensemble. Um, and we were on the bus with them. Um, yes. And then we went to this little town and saw them perform. And it, it was cool because they really felt like our friends in that moment. Like, we were cheering on our pals and we just accompanied them to a performance which was a lot of fun. On the topic of um, seeing them on stage as well, so this this could also be worked into the, the cooking aspect or even the um, the chopping of making everyone look the exact same or the, the technique and center shaping dancers. So one thing, one one word and concept that stood out to us in in Lutz was manera, which like. Like your manner, how, your style, your character, how you hold yourself. Um, yeah, that was the first time, I don't know, I had heard the word in the studio and it was used very often. And one of the dancers um, had kind of told us about it. And yes, you definitely see that, saw that come to life on stage. And holy, their stage presence, um, if you have ever seen either some videos of them or some even photos capture their facial expressions so well you should be performing and you you kind of are acting a little bit on stage but that definitely came through with uh the volin ensemble yes and uh on the topic of manera something interesting that the same dancer told us is that um when you perform in different places, you aren't always given the perfect stage. You aren't always given a stage with a beautiful dance floor on it. Um, in this particular circumstance, they were dancing on a very small stage in a village that had like kind of chunks taken out of it, honestly. So for the choir, it's fine. They are standing on the stage and any of their dance moves are mostly walking and small movements but for the dancers that's a lot more difficult they're turning and they're doing tricks on the stage Um, and so he was telling us that on stages like that um, as a professional dancer you have to make the professional decision to save your body and uh, but you can't sacrifice your performance you are there to perform so what you do is you amp up your manera. You make sure that your upper body, your eyes, your face, your arms, everything is performing to like 210% so that your feet can take not a break, but just be a little bit more cautious so that you don't injure or hurt yourself uh, on stages that aren't ideal. And that was something really interesting because I know as dancers, everyone is faced with unfortunate um performing situations sometimes you're on grass sometimes you're on concrete it's never the perfect situation but uh what I learned from him is that there's never an excuse to bring down your performance quality if anything you should be boosting it in those moments so that it doesn't look like you're compromising anything else we didn't have the chance to perform on stage with the ensemble, but 
our opportunity that we had, it, it felt like one of the biggest shows in our lives and it was just for one dance. So it was, um, was it our very last rehearsal with them? Or toward the end, at least. one Maybe the last full orchestra rehearsal. It was, yeah. It was our last full orchestra rehearsal because they were going on a tour, so they weren't actually going to be there for our last rehearsal. Our last rehearsal was alone with the director. Um, so this was like our last hurrah with the whole, all the friends we made. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they, um, they let us perform one or rehearse in this orchestra rehearsal one of the uh dances that we had been working on so we we jumped in there with all the volin guys and wow that was an incredibly magical experience so as we talked about in the studio there was these giant big windows at the front and i get I can it was like it was like I was performing for all of Ukraine through those windows for everyone in Canada for anyone who has um I've ever met or anything through Ukrainian dance it felt like their energy was coming in through those giant big windows and um just as we were even doing this dance just in we were in our rehearsal wear like bodysuit and um skirt and everything and character shoes um so yes but it still felt like a giant performance and i remember even um all everyone's eyes were on us like the choir was watching us and smiling the dancers were smiling at us and i like even the um orchestra i can remember someone who was in the back row kind of peeking through as they were playing to get her to get a better look at us too and wow that was a pretty great experience yeah not only because they're um such an incredible uh, ensemble like the way they sound the way they dance they're so uh, accomplished artists but because we had grown these um really special relationships with all of them um and i think yeah i would say in Volin, this is where we are closest with not just the dancers, but the choir as well. I mean, like, the choir members came to my birthday party, and um, I don't know, there was just something different about that ensemble, like, where we really felt like we were close to everyone, not just the dancers, not just the artistic director, but kind of everyone there. And so when we were doing that performance, we call it a performance because that's really what it was, um, it felt like everyone was hugging us even though they weren't it just felt that way like that's that's the level of support that you could feel and the level the level of pride they felt um like we were kind of like their children (laughs) I don't know it felt very supportive in that moment in that space uh really really special memory uh that's probably I'm guessing one of my most watched videos that I have from my our year in Ukraine. I've watched the video of that rehearsal so many times and every single time I get so nostalgic. I can feel those feelings again. I get chills when I uh, watch the part where they're singing and we're waiting to dance. Yeah, just a very special moment. And then after that, they sang Mnohailita for us to wish us well on the rest of our journey. 
and we said a little speech thanking them in Ukrainian. And in that moment, too, like the choir members were crying. I don't know. It was so emotional. And it seems like almost silly to think about now. But there was some special bond that was created. And um, yeah, I feel that I still feel connected to them. I don't know. It was a it was a very, a very interesting time, a very special time. Um, And just the perfect borscht there (laughs) (laughs) definitely yeah that nohayalita that they sang for us um i i still hear their voices when i just have to think of it and like their deep big ginormous vibrato voices and the crash of the drum kit or the cymbals i um still i'm totally yes just brought back to that moment just thinking of that um, so our borscht is cooked. What do we do now? We eat it and we enjoy it. We garnish it. it. Oh. We, we, we oh, did we garnish it. it. We already garnish it. Right, right, right. Oh, sorry. We yes. with dill and sour cream. That's right. That sorry. was your performances, right? Yes. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and then, yes, we enjoy it. All the things that come with dance and borscht. Well, all the things that come with borscht but we're comparing borscht to dance so all the things that come with it all the experiences that come with it are just really um incredible and special like we've already mentioned i think i've said special so many times but that might be a really good word to just sum up lutsk in one word (laughs) special um uh yeah and it was different than all the other places but um, not different in a, a way better way, not different in a way worse way, just different. And that's like every borscht recipe, just different. Everyone has their own things that make them special. And we really got to enjoy our um, life that we got to experience through Ukrainian or because of Ukrainian dance in Lutsk, as we did with every city. But um, it was just very there are lots of variety here like from having karaoke nights with the choir i i actually i i um of course was going through my photos from the year from the for the who knows what number of time um and i have this text or a screenshot of a text that i sent my mom because she said something like oh um do you want to chat or have a facetime or something and then I sent her, sorry, a busy have or singing karaoke with the Volan choir. Like, what a what a <laughs> message I got to send. Um, yes, like I I can't believe. I feel like I feel like we just need to tell the story of my birthday really quick. I don't think we've told it on the podcast yet, and we're not going to go into details because this really could be its own episode. But I just feel like everyone needs to know that it happened while we were in Lutsk because you're talking about karaoke. So I'm going to go for it. We celebrated my birthday a day before. My birthday is March 24th, but we celebrated March 23rd, which was a little risky because in Ukraine, you can't celebrate your birthday early. You can't wish someone happy birthday even a minute before midnight because it's bad luck. So, um, but the reason we did this is because March 23rd, the night of March 23rd, uh, Virsky was in Lutsk and they were doing an orchestrated show. 
So it was actually focused on the or- Virsky Orchestra, um, but they had six dancers that were accompanying them, and they just did small versions of the dances that they usually do, and some different dances, actually. Um, so that was the start of our night. And then we headed over to a pub, and we um, were accompanied by some of the Volin Choir and the dancers, um, which was already such an amazing, amazing evening. And then, believe it or not, Virsky dancers showed up. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so then they become they became part of the celebrations and people were giving me, like, champagne and chocolates and 23 red roses from the Volin boys and a shirt with all of the Volin girls' faces on it with my face in the middle. And um, it was just such an, a wild, incredible evening. I literally compare every birthday to that birthday (laughs) and I don't think anything's ever going to beat it because I don't know. That's just, it's like literally from a movie. It's from a dream or something. I'm not sure. And in that night, the Volin choir sang or the people who were there sang Mnohailita to me for my birthday and they made speeches to me and it was just something else so I don't know if you ever see me you ever want to know what it would be like to have a birthday with them ask me to see the videos and well (laughs) that's about it (laughs) a great note to end our Lutsk sum up there so our borscht in Lutsk is complete we have eaten it we have enjoyed it and we are continuing to enjoy it so now we're on to Poltava here Poltava, what a interesting city. Just like, let's just start off with the city itself. So Poltava is in central Ukraine. Um, something interesting about Poltava is that um, I think in a lot of Ukrainian dancing or um, I don't want to umbrella that, but uh, North American Ukrainian dancing, um, a lot of people use Poltava and central dancing as a synonymous term they aren't Poltava is actually its own region it is in central Ukraine but it's its own style of dance and to be honest when we learned their dances in Poltava I if I saw it without knowing that it was a Poltava dance I would not think it's a central dance I would not think it comes from central Ukraine so that kind of just reinforced to us like wow this really is its own style of dance which is very cool And the city itself was very beautiful. It was very green when we were there. We were there in May and June. um, And we also had a lot of fun there. So let's get right into this borscht from Poltava. Pan Petapelkin or Vadim Petapelkin was the uh, artistic director here. And we were in we were in Poltava for only six weeks, um, just of how our timing worked out. The whole time really um, sped through really quickly, and it yes, not not in a rushing way, like you're not rushing through getting your borscht done, but it just it it really flew by our time there. So um, we're at the growing our vegetable stage, so our ballet and warm up. So here I imagine. Um, we're starting our seeds and everything, and we have this great equipment. Like we even have um, seed starting, or like hot 
heat mats to get our seeds germinating except we don't have the best garden space maybe we're even beside like a construction zone or something so here in Poltava we um that's exactly what it was the philharmonic was where they rehearsed was under construction at the time and we're really looking forward to seeing the new space that they'll get to dance in but okay so we have this not so great or it would be ideal if it wasn't under construction it was this beautiful building um but what was good our equipment that we had was we had such a thorough ballet um with Ponset he who we are dedicating this episode to and okay actually so this this borscht recipe is almost um it is definitely like following a recipe so even here in ballet yes, i agree we had 45 minutes of ballet break 45 minutes of center or technique break 45 minutes of choreo and either we would end class there or uh, take another break and rehearse a little bit longer so yes here in our ballet it was really thorough um, sometimes even it was tricky in that um, sometimes there was a lot of it for one there was lots of exercises in class and um, sometimes um, the the exercise would change but only slightly from day to day and so you really had to you couldn't just go through the motions you had to be thinking as you were dancing um and which ensured you weren't just moving through the motions though right and just like you said like this in Poltava the borscht recipe was a recipe um it was followed it was tried and true and um I guess you could say that you knew you were gonna get some sort of positive result if you followed this recipe um or I guess in our circumstances, like what we experienced. Um, I think it was the structure. We really liked the structure there. Uh, It was nice to have, it was nice to know that we would be doing 45 minutes of something, then we would have a small break, 45 minutes of something else, then a break, so on and so forth. Um, And yes, the ballet, it was um, intense, it was changing, but at that point, I think we were very prepared for it because we had just come from Lutsk, where their ballet was also very intense. So I think maybe even coming, if we went to Poltava at a different point in our journey, I think it would have been even more difficult for us. Um, even just like mental stamina is such a big thing. Like you have to stay focused that whole time. And um, by that point in the year, we were very used to things changing on us in rehearsal. We could pick up choreography. Like, our brains were working as dancer brains. And so it was a good point. I think Poltava fell at a great point in our journey, um, just in terms of how they run their rehearsals and how they run their days, because it worked well for us. Uh, so on to center and technique and chopping and shaping the veg if you would like to call it that. (laughs) We did tons and tons and tons of turns and spins and different exercises to strengthen our turns and spins. Um, Little, we would do one type of turn and then the exact same turn 
just with like one small tiny variation and then we would add on to that it was definitely like building building up and every day was like that the instructor here would call out people in a, in a kind way if you weren't um when you did a spin and you weren't doing it how he is asking you he would tell you that which i really appreciated like um even if it was just a minor little detail that he wanted to work on um, I liked that type of encouragement from him. And so when we were at the cooking stage here, wow, the the stove or the, yeah, the stove was like turned right onto high here. There's no simmering part with this borscht. The first day we started dancing or rehearsing with the ensemble, he told us, or we started learning a dance that very first day. And he told us, I think we were gonna learn like six or seven dances or something like that. We ended up doing four complete dances and got to even perform one at the end. Um, and so while, while this borscht is cooking really at a high temperature and really quickly, um, you're still, the cook is still watching it really closely. And Pan uh, Petapelkin, who we sometimes would call, often would call Pan Poltava, um, would, he was super, he was watching really, really closely and really particular about um, everything with the dancers, trying to get that style that he wanted in his dance ensemble. Um, even making sure your hand is at the right place where when you or right correct angle when you bow or something like that and he he did he didn't give compliments easily you had to work for them and he he would give tough critique sometimes but always with a good sense of humor and always in a very positive way that made you want to uh, work hard to make him proud and really give him meet the standard that he wanted his ensemble to be at in this stage of cooking the borscht um if you are looking at the way we danced as the borscht pan poltava was seasoning us he was adding the salt and pepper to make us just right um and that's exactly what he was doing when we were practicing our bows oh my gosh he made us do the same bow I want to say, like, at least, this is not an exaggeration when I say 20 times, like, one after the other, we would start doing it, someone would do just the slightest thing wrong, he'd say, nope, start again, and we'd do it again, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't frustrating, and maybe we're, I don't, I hope we're not making it sound like that, but I, we should clarify that it wasn't like that, like, it was a very positive environment, it was strict, but I, I like strict environments. I thrive under them. Um, and you knew that his best interest was always there. He never was doing things just to make it difficult for you. He was ne- he was never being tough just to be tough. He was doing it because he really really wanted you to be a better dancer. He wanted you to get he wanted to give you corrections so that you would take them, learn from them and change yourself and learn their uh, style of dance and I really appreciated that and um, from these from our rehearsals in Poltava we are very lucky to have a lot of video footage of um, just typical rehearsals so not when we were performing a dance not when we were knowing that someone was filming us um, 
but a camera was just set up. Actually, Pan said he uh, set up a camera in the corner and he filmed the rehearsals and then he sent them to us after rehearsal. So we actually have videos of ourselves just in our natural habitat, um, dancing, practicing, doing turns, and and then you get to look back and watch Pan Poltava giving these corrections and then um, you actually see yourself as a dancer, how you take those corrections and how we tried to apply them and how we tried to change ourselves. And I feel in Poltava, my technique, like my turns and my spins and all of that, I, it was tight. <laughs> like watching those videos. Um, yeah, I was a, I felt like I was a very strong turner and uh, could do a lot of... I could push myself very hard in that area because of Pan Poltava and the way he pushed us as well. We are so happy that we had the chance to perform in the la- in, in Poltava because it was our very last city we were on in this um, year. And we even got to perform for some fellow Canadians and there were some Americans and tons of Ukrainians because it was at this Halushke festival. Halushke are dumplings that are absolutely delicious and they're popular in Poltava. And we had this really meaningful performance getting to perform for our last time um, on this tiny little stage that was the size of a postage stamp, but we somehow fit ourselves on there and all managed to do some spins um yeah but it's really special to get to some some canadian these canadians and americans who i mentioned they were um on a dance workshop tour who we ended and we ended up joining them as well for the tour and we even got to um lead their workshops that they took from the poltava ensemble which was which was very cool and kind of um, Pan Pedipelkin to trust us with that. So we had the chance to perform on this stage, which was really nice because it was the end of our year as we knew it. Um, it was the end of our year and it was kind of a nice way to finish it off with a performance. And to, as we're talking about the garnish and how the performances are like the garnish on Borscht, um, we should make a point of saying that the whole reason we're doing this episode is actually because of Pan Poltava, or Pan Perepelkin. Um, he was, I don't know, he's just a very fiery person. He's spirited. He's a firecracker. He always has great metaphors and, um, yeah, just just full of energy and full of life and lets you know it through what he says. <laughs> Creativity. He's just yeah, he's, just a he's an artist person in the absolute best yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, to be honest, I don't remember the context of where this phrase came from, but it's the phrase that matters because it can be applied to all of life. It can be applied to Ukrainian dance. It can be applied to this episode. And what Pan Petapelkin said is was. <laughs> probably still says it so oh, is. I'm sure he does um borscht bez smetane yak pocilunke bez yaziku which means borscht without sour cream 
is like kissing without tongue. (laughs) And when we heard him say that, obviously, we just could not hold it together. Like, who comes up with a phrase like that? But is there a phrase that's more true than that? (laughs) Um, Anyway, so what the whole point of this is that borscht without sour cream is like kissing without tongue. Uh, Life without Ukrainian dance is like kissing without tongue. Dance without performances is like kissing without tongue. How many times can I say kissing without tongue before it gets gross? (laughs) It's already gross. Yeah, so performances just absolutely such a necessary part of um, Ukrainian dance and performances. So yes, performing in front of people are is always great but even how he had mentioned like in Lutsk when we had that chance to perform what it felt like it was for the everyone in the world but even just uh whoever's in the rehearsal space with you um finding any opportunity to add those little performance elements is a great thing to do So we already talked about um, the performance and how that's the garnish. So now we need to move on to eating the borscht, which is like enjoying life and all the dance brings with it. So in Poltava, um, there was so many things to celebrate and enjoy with that ensemble. Um, We were very close with Pan Poltava, Pan Petapelkin. He took us in like his children. He cared for us so deeply he his, his little princesses about he would call us yes his potava princesses <laughs> princesse um he just really really cared for us he really wanted us to have a good time um but at the same time i think he yeah i think we just really grew a bond there and we had a chance to celebrate his birthday with him which was so fun it all started with ballet like a normal day in the studio and then we finished ballet and all of a sudden there was an old door being pulled out and it was put on top of some um I don't know just put on Theater top chairs to sort of a table yeah <laughs> oh yeah to make this makeshift table and then all of a sudden all this food starts coming out and then we're singing and the dancers are teaching us different combinations from their other jobs <laughs> Um, and then we're teaching them like line dances, Canadian and whatever. It was fun. Um, and also he took, Pan Poltava took, um, he made a big effort to show us the city and to do different things with us around the city. So he took us to the big mall in Poltava and he made sure that we, uh, saw different things there in that big mall. There were there was a very great it was a, a massive supermarket like the biggest we saw in ukraine it's like, like the size of a walmart super center it was hilariously and big in that even the the aisles you could fit like 10 shop, shopping carts across them even the 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 shopping carts were big like everything was just super sized and so we had a lot of fun there. I don't know. We were just in a weird mood. And all, when all four of us are together, we just get like that. And so we were doing like a big grocery shop together. And there are some pretty funny videos of us just being silly. Um, I'm moonwalking like across the aisles. We're, I don't know. We were just being goofy. And I guess Pan Poltava saw one of those videos. I don't know how he saw it. I don't know who showed him. 
but he saw the video of me moonwalking in this in the supermarket and so in the following rehearsal we're in the studio and we're working on technique and turns and basically you stand on the side until you're called to the center and it's very strict and it says okay you come in do this turn okay goodbye boys come in you do this goodbye and it's very strict and structured that way and all of a sudden he just calls me to the center and I have no idea what's going on and then he demands me to start doing the moonwalk <laughs> in front of everyone and then another guy dancer joined in and then it turned out a bunch of us dancers were doing the moonwalk anyway it was just a very fun part of rehearsal and also one of the parts that got captured by camera so we have videos of it which is pretty fun we definitely took our time enjoying our borscht enjoying our life while we were in Poltava that that's even where we got our matching tattoos which you can uh hear all about in the other episode and yeah it's just reflecting again on just all that celebrating Ukrainian dance and culture has brought us and um presented to us as opportunities it just enough cannot be said about that and even we we say this often of how we we are we often think about the people or talk about the people who we met during that year and even th- it's been 3 years that's right 3 years since we have come back already and we still think about these people often and we still think about all these fun memories and maybe we're some of these details might be even starting to fade but just feeling into that moment just brings us right back and this it's just reminds me of yet another reason why we want to do C to to celebrate what we learned and not that not only that but also who we met um in Ukraine and in anywhere in this world who we have met because of dance and maybe we can inspire someone to to stick with Ukrainian dance to see where it takes them as well. Yeah, that's yeah. You couldn't couldn't have said it better myself, Katie, Kate, Kate. <laughs> um, but I was while you were saying that, I was thinking about how um, you know lately, like with work and my job, and I don't know. I've just there's been a lot of borscht in my life lately, like actual borscht, not the metaphor of borscht, like real borscht. And so I've been talking about it with a lot of people. And sort of, like, everyone agrees that every borscht is different. Every family's borscht recipe is different, but it's special in its own way. Um, For example, some people throw in ketchup. Some people throw in tomato sauce. Some people throw in vinegar. Some people throw in lemon juice. Some people use meat. Some people don't use meat. Some people throw in a can of beans. Some people, like, every recipe is so different that's exactly the same with what we experienced in Ukraine. If you compare each, no, not compare, if you say each group is its own borscht, they are all so different. The components of them are similar but different. But when you have a spoonful of that borscht, it is the perfect medley of vegetables to bring you the experience that we had in each city. And I don't, I don't think there's any other way to describe each one. They're all different, but they're all so wonderfully different and um, distinct, distinctly different, which makes them um, 
not mesh together in our heads, which is nice, but also to make each one special. There's that word again. And um, to appreciate each one in its own way. Yes, and I like that you highlight not not comparing. It's it's not one borscht is not better than the other. One recipe is not right. One's not wrong. It's just like you say, all distinct and um, their own flavors. So that brings us to the end of our uh, borscht tour of Lutsk and Poltava. Is there anything else you would like to add about any of those places? You know, like I feel, I know we talked for some time already, but it still feels like we barely skimmed the surface. <laughs> like we did tell some stories. We told about kind of how the rehearsals were run. We talked a little bit about the people. But when you start really thinking back about like the two months we spent in each city, it's so hard to bring it down to like 45 minutes of talking there's just so much to say about each one and obviously these stories are going to keep coming out we keep want we want to keep telling them to you also for our in our own selfish (laughs) for our own selfish sake this is a way of basically making these stories um eternal and not letting them die because they're already fading from our memory and that's it's sad um like reading our journals we're really lucky that we have them because it brings back a lot of memories but uh we were talking just the other day and we're saying oh I can't remember what actually happened in that moment or like I can't remember if that happened there or there and oh when when you you feel that it's like such an important time of your life and some of those memories are fading it's it's a little bit stressful but the thing that's not fading is the feeling of what we experienced in Ukraine and I think um, that's what keeps us going and makes us want to learn more, share more and definitely visit Ukraine again. (laughs) Keep working on this C project that we started. We're really excited to get back into it. We have a very exciting, very exciting schedule of episodes that we want to put out and um yeah <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to our episodes that we are coming out and looking forward to being a regular on your podcast app and on that note as well so we have we said that there is so much that we can talk about and so much we want to talk about and we have some episodes episode ideas lined up here but if there's anything ever either a specific question about something that went on in rehearsal or how rehearsals are run um or any special topic certain topic um that you are interested in hearing more about let us know because we we would love to dive deeper into that as well and share more about it with you like we said we barely skimmed the surface with these uh with these episodes we tell you a bit but there's so much more and so if there's something that piques your interest let us know also today we talked a lot about videos that we took in ukraine and it kind of sucks that this is an audio platform because we can't show we talked about videos but we can't really show you anything but um if you do go to our website c-ukra.com um, there is a video of our 
time in Lutsk. So during our time in Ukraine, I made these short little videos that kind of encompass our time in a city and on the homepage of our website um, the one from Lutsk is featured so you can see some of the choir members you can see us getting goofy and all that stuff so that's that's a real way to see those videos without us just talking about them (laughs) come follow us on social media instagram facebook sign up for our newsletter um if you listen to last episode or or if you didn't, we we um we had a, a meditation for dancers, and you if you sign up for our newsletter, you will send you uh, the download link for that, so you can listen to it whenever you want as well. And also send us your Borscht recipes. Uh, we would like to see your variations of them. Nothing beats a good Borscht. Just <laughs> 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 <laughs>